All right, fam. It is that time. I'm a wee bit excited about this one. So we got some, we got some things that we gotta, that we gotta talk about. Okay. Last week, like a tree, was that a blessing? <clears throat> that bless us, challenge us, give, give the, give the inspiration that's needed. I, um, while it was a sermon, you know, if you will, it, it, more so, I believe, what was just a, a prophetic encouragement to us that that in this this next season for us as strong city, being that this is uh, our our third year, that God was was planting us, planting us like like trees, and and, and planting us like trees. Most most trees, as long as the roots stay healthy and stay stay in a healthy space, they produce. In other words, healthy things grow. I don't, I don't have to focus on growth at all if I'm healthy. Because when I'm healthy, I will naturally grow. With, with my kids, I got six, six-year-old and four-year-old. Four-year-old just had a doctor's appointment uh, this, this, past, this past week. Got a clean bill of health. And we and we are able to see and identify with that because of how he is growing. Healthy things grow. And I believe that the Lord was wanting us to be planted, that the health would come to us that's needed. The proper nutrition would come to us that's needed. And as a result, what's going to happen? Growth. Growth. So can I encourage you? You get healthy, watch that growth. <laughs> get planted. Watch the growth. You want growth? Let's let's get healthy. Let's get healthy. Let's get planted. Amen. So that was last week, like a tree. Uh, this week we're gonna uh, we're gonna dive in on a on a new conversation, new uh, new series over the over the next few weeks. Um, hopefully it will last into uh, it'll last into next month because uh, next month we're going to uh, have. It's in, uh, toward the middle of the month. We're going to have uh, a, a couple that has come into mind in Pastor Ashley's life. We've known them uh, maybe going, going on two months now. And the Lord has just accelerated a lot of things in our life as, as a result of being connected with them. So they're, they're going to come and actually uh, minister uh, next, next month. But uh, they are, you, you know, we've been having this this uh, turn in in our culture concerning the prophetic, right? So 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 we we've been uh, talking about that in peace and whatnot, and and they are, are, are actual prophets. I, I've never been around uh, New Testament prophets, at, at least that that I knew of and could see verifiably that they that they actually operate in that office, and uh, we're going to have them come and uh, and minister. Uh, in in that in that vein, but I'm I'm telling you that because this conversation that we're starting today is navigating the prophetic. So we are about to to dive in. We're gonna demystify, and we're going to look at what the scriptures have to say about this because I do believe wholeheartedly that the shift that God has us on in year three is us becoming a prophetic house, becoming a prophetic people, becoming a prophetic church. And that prophetic is like this churchy uh, term that, that can just have this feel of like, well, what the, what the world does that mean exactly? And, and what, 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 does that even, what does that even look like? And that, that kind of thing. And we're, we're going to we're going, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at that in, in detail and looking at what, what it means to, to, be that, to be that way. Because first and, first and foremost, it, it is to declare and to say what God is saying in, in a moment. It, it, it is to speak forth the, the word of the Lord and what it is that, that he's saying. And we, we've already established this because we've been talking about this for a very long time. The, the idea and the understanding that that. Uh, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That that word proceed or proceedeth, if you're reading it, uh, King James, that means something that's constantly flowing. We we serve a God that always, always 
has something to say. And it can be something that is dropped on whomever Holy Spirit would, would want it to be dropped on within a given moment. And when I, when I am moving in prophecy or in the prophetic, I just let out what it is that has, that has been released upon me. Now, of course, there, there's order and there's structure to that, and, and we will definitely get into all that as well. Otherwise, there's chaos. I've been in that chaos. That's not where we're going with, with this and stuff. I'm talking beach balls and stuff being thrown up. People throw up gold dust in the air, said it came from an angel. I saw you throw that in the air. That was not an angel. The pushing you down contest, praying on you and, and push it down. Y'all, I had a lady. I had a lady one time. She had to be this high. She came over praying for me, grabbed my head with her little hands and, and just was pushing me. She wanted power to come and for me to be slain. And like, I'm, I'm resisting because I'm like, El Paulo, this is foolishness. What is going on here? But to get her away from me, I fell. I did. I did get her away from me. I fell. I fell down. This was in college. This was in college. I fell down. I was like, this is crazy. Of course, I never went back to that meeting. But like, we we don't have to we don't have to do the buffoonery stuff like that. If the if the power if the power is the power, then it's something that's real. Some of us know what it is for for God to to use us in that light. For God to download something in you, you deliver the message like a mailman, and then the person tells you, "How do you know that?" Whew. Listen, I. Listen, Jamie, I felt you right there. Wait, wait till, wait, wait, wait till I get to some of these scriptures. The scriptures, especially where, where Paul lays out specifically exactly why the prophetic is greater. It's like, this is why the church needs it. It talks about how the secrets of a man's heart gets revealed. Secrets of a man's heart gets revealed by God, and then that person says, God has to be among you. It's a means to an end. That's why. That's why we got to take this turn as a church. And that's why we got to be these kind of people. So uh, Romans chapter 12 is where we're starting. Let me, let me hurry up because I do have a lot to say. Romans chapter 12. Pray, pray right quick before we move on. Father, we are excited about, about this journey, excited about the next step that we are about to take. Holy Spirit, we're making space for you. We need to be taught. We need to be taught. We need to be instructed. We need to be challenged. We need to look at uh, what it is. To, to navigate in this way that you are bringing us into. But at the same time, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to demystify this. You, 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 you're going to make it plain. You're going to make it plain. You're going to make it simple. You're going to make it uh, uh, easy for us to be able to comprehend and to understand. And I thank you, Lord, for, for uh, making us stronger from this word that is about to come forth. Thank you, God, for the confidence that is about to be added within us concerning what it is to navigate in the prophetic. No one does it like you do, Lord. Teach us, challenge us, instruct us, reproof us, and may everyone, including the one holding the microphone, walk away strengthened and empowered by the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, if you agree, shout amen. 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 All right. Romans chapter 12. And um, specifically, I, I believe that, that this message today is going to deal with that confidence piece that I hit that I hit in the uh, in the prayer, the the Lord is coming for our confidence with this one. So we're gonna lay foundation and just and just deal with the the confidence factor when it comes to navigating in in these kind of waters. So Romans chapter twelve, looking at verses uh, three through eight. So let's uh, read through it and then dissect it. For I say, through the grace given to me, this is Paul. Remember, this is, this is Apostle Paul. In his uh, letter to the Roman church, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members uh, do not have the same function. Verse five. So we being many uh, are one body in Christ are uh, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. Uh, he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives, lib he who gives with liberality, uh, he who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. I, I, I want to take us back, though, to the first verse, verse three. 
If I say to you through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one in measure of faith. So the first, uh, the first two verses of Romans 12, pretty, pretty popular. Beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by, by the renewing of your mind. Then he goes into talking to them about not thinking more highly of themselves than he ought to. Now, I don't know if you, you noticed this, but I noticed that he, he's setting them up for this good news that is about to be given to them. Because in verse 4 and on, we start dealing with all of the gifts that are being given and that, and that are being displayed. And then before we even get to it, though, verse 3 is saying, now, I need you to make sure that you don't think of yourself more highly than you should because of what it is that is about to be given to you. I'm simply saying this to say, look at how much God has invested in you and I. And how often is our thought process not the same of ourselves as it is with God? The apostles telling us, look now, there's something that's about to happen. There's something that's about to come upon you. There's something that's, that you're about to discover that you got to make sure that you think soberly with this because it's just that strong. What, what, what God has, is looking to invest in, what God is looking to wake you up to, is just that powerful. It's just that good. And, and if your thought process and your thinking is not in a sober-like fashion, what's going to happen is you're going to start to think that this is you. <laughs> so you say, now, I'm, I'm, I'm going ahead and I'm warning you that, that no man among you would think more highly of himself than he should. But keeping it sober, which means that I don't move El Paul into this arrogant state, but at the same time, I don't downplay myself. We good at the, at the whole not being arrogant piece. But we in the church are some of the most downplaying people on ourselves. False humility. Call it humility and it is not. I am downplaying a gift and downplaying a power and a grace that God told me I could have. If he told you, don't you want it? If he told me that I could have it, if he told me that I could operate within this, he, now in the, pre in the uh, post verses, he starts talking about how uh, we're, we're, we're gifted differently. We got different functions. If yours is this, do it within proportion to your faith. But I want to keep going with this verse. So, so we need to think, uh, not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure, a measure. Of faith. So he's telling me I need to have this healthy, balanced confidence of myself in Christ. I don't go way too high, but at the same time, I do not downplay my, I don't shrink myself because it makes somebody else uncomfortable. I'm not shrinking myself because of that. I got to have it. If he told me that I could have it, then I have to have it. But he said that each one of us have been given a measure. A measure of faith. A measure. Now I digged into that word measure. The original Greek for that is, is the word is the word met, metron. Metron. And I, I don't know how, how many mu musical people that we might have in here or, or listening to us, but, but it, this is where we get our English word metronome. A metronome is a timekeeping piece. That, that usually instructors uh, uh, with piano lessons were placed on top of the piano. And, and it is an instrument that helps to keep time in the beats per minute. And it's keeping time so that whoever is the student learning to play learns to play in a sense of rhythm. Because to, get, because to get on the keys and to just go at it and you're not keeping time and you're not keeping rhythm, you're not producing anything of quality. But if you stay within the confines of the measure... As you stay within the confines and the construct of the measure, you start producing something that's pleasant to listen to. And so God has dealt to each of us a measure. 
God has dealt to each of us a grace. God has dealt to each of us a, a, a metron. Let me, let me just read it a little bit. So metron, standard, measure, is the controlling basis by which something is determined as acceptable or unacceptable. Preeminently rooting to the Lord himself as being the only ultimate measure or source of truth. Now, let's, uh, so, so hang on to that with the, with the measure piece. I'm, I'm, go, I'm going quick, but just, just, just rock with me. Just rock with me. So hold on to measure. Now let's look at, let's look at verse 6 here. Verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that has been given to us. So let's let's write all this down, right? So so what was that? Uh, verse three. Ah, come on, to me. Get your teacher on. Do it right. So verse three. We've got the measure piece. Here we go in verse six. We've got the grace. What's it say? Having then gifts differing according to the grace that has been given over to us. Now I need us to jump over to uh, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter four. In verse in verse 16. If, if you're rocking with a with the onion skin Bible, if you're good, you know, you can flip with it. Otherwise, just take notes. So Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Therefore, let us come boldly uh, to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace. To help in the time of need. Now that, that this this one's loaded, but but it fits very beautifully into the context of the conversation of what it is to to navigate in the prophetic. Because it once again, like I said, we're dealing we're dealing with the confidence piece. So now let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Now uh, preceding verses with this is talking about how we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with with our weaknesses uh, we we have a high priest who was tempted at all points but was yet without sin so then therefore because we have a high priest with that kind of caliber let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace now coming boldly let's talk about that boldly means a, a, a proverb or a state a proverb or a statement quoted with resolve properly confidence bold resolve leaving a witness that something deserves to be remembered or taken seriously. Taken seriously. Because the throne, the throne of grace, this is one thing I want to point out too, the throne of grace is, is, is not, <laughs> in the church, we, we have downplayed the grace and mercy of God. We only attach it to sin. We, we only attach it to right and wrong. I messed up. I, I need his mercy. I, I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. I, I, I need his grace. And not that that's, that that's wrong, but that is elementary. Paul, Paul also in Hebrews, I believe it's chapter 6, that says that told, told the church, uh, well, it wasn't Paul that wrote Hebrews, excuse me, whoever it was that, that, that wrote Hebrews, said that we need to move on from the elementary teachings. The things that we just keep being so elementary about and because of that things like the prophetic and all these gifts that Holy Spirit has given continue to go unutilized because we are sticking with the elementary teachings. The, the throne of grace is not just there for the I'm sorry. It's certainly there so that the unrighteousness that, that might try to attach itself to me because I messed up or something that the grace and mercy of God is available to me. I can find that at the throne of grace but what else I can find at the throne of grace is what has been given to me in the measure so that's why I got to come boldly I have a right to be here so you don't let any enemy or any suggestion or whisper of a dark force of any kind tell you that you don't deserve to be at the throne of grace because I got there not because I'm so good but because of the stain of the blood of the lamb that's how I got entry. Satan, the blood is against you. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Anytime Satan is being dealt with, I have to deal with him in the name of the Lord. My name, Jermaine Conley, ain't going to do nothing. That's not going to do anything. It is the name of the Lord that is the strong tower and the righteous are able to run into it and find a sense of safety. Now yours. 
And so because we're dealing with the name of the Lord, let us therefore, I, that's what gives me the boldness. That let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, let's keep going. There's two things that's happening when we get there. We are obtaining mercy, number one. Let's listen to that word obtain. This is the, this is the original language of that. So this is the Greek for it. Uh, meaning actively lay hold of to take or to receive. Properly to lay hold of by aggressively accepting what is available. Did you hear me? Aggressively accepting what is available. Obtaining mercy is not a passive thing. It's not, it's not a passive thing. But, but what can make me passive a lot of times is my lack of confidence. It's my, it's my lack of confidence, which is usually based and rooted in the fact that I just messed up. Or for the sake of our conversation, navigating the prophetic or navigating what it is to, for the gifts to be given, I'm not confident of what I have been given. I'm not confident that it's even real. For some people, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not confident in, in how, in how this works. But I'm, I'm told that when I go in and I'm obtaining this mercy, so I'm aggressively taking hold of the mercy of God. I'm aggressively taking hold of what gives me the right to, to be there. Because I have to have that, that mercy extended to me so that whatever it was that disqualified me from being there at one point has now been taken care of. So now that that has been taken care of, I aggressively accept that. Now, look at this. I got to find grace. That's an interesting term. That's, that's something that's always kind of, kind of, kind of made, made me think. As I'm sitting here like, okay, I obtain mercy, aggressively take hold of it, but I got to go on the hunt for grace. I got to find it. And then what the text say? The text says that you got to find grace. Now, I brought this, one of the reasons I brought this verse up is because this verse right here, Hebrews 4.16, and then Romans 12, if you remember that, uh, chapter 12, verse 6, where it said that according to the grace that has been extended to us, it's the same word. It's the, it's the same word for grace that is used here that is used in Romans 12. Now remember, the context of Romans 12 is what? Gifts. Gifts that have been extended. And so here in Hebrews 4.16, this is how the throne of grace goes so much more beyond just sin and I'm sorry. It goes so much more beyond being a good person or a bad person. Being a good boy or a bad boy. Being a good girl or a bad girl. Doing right or doing wrong. Those things are a byproduct as I go to the throne of grace and find the measure that's been given to me. Are you, 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 you seeing what I'm saying with this? I have to find that grace. It's the same word. So we, we have to come with a bold resolve to discover, to learn, to understand the grace that has been given to us. Because when you dig into that word find, that's what it means. Find, learn, discover, especially after searching. That's what that one means. Especially after searching for grace. Interesting concept because I thought grace was a free gift. Well, it is. But there's still a search and a hunt that's got to go to it. Remember when Jesus said to the disciples that the reason he talked to the multitude in parables and in code was that it had not been given to them to know, but to you it has been given to know the truths and know what it is that, that I'm speaking of. So because you paid a price to be here, I'll let you know plainly what it is that, that's being said. But to everybody else, it's just a nice story. Why? Because this has to be found. There's a grace over your life, but you need to go on the hunt and find the depth of the grace that has been extended to you. Look at your God and all this that he done invested inside of you. Look, look, look at all this that he putting on the table concerning you that he would lock it up inside of you and say, oh, I'm confident that they're going to find it. But you tell me not one more day that you're not worth it. 
I don't want to hear now one more time of a lack of confidence or a lack of this or a lack of, I don't know if I'm worth it. I don't know if I got it within. Listen, there's something that is locked inside of you that has to be unleashed that the world would be made a better place. That your family would have the trajectory of the family line forever shifted because you were willing to go and find the grace. Let us come boldly. Boldly. Put your big boy pants on. It's time to go. Put your big girl pants on. We're going boldly to the throne of grace. Because there's something to be discovered. Obtaining mercy. Finding the grace. So we said Hebrews 4.16, Romans 12.6, exact same word for grace, which ties together the Metron revelation and finding the measure. Finding the rhythm to the grace that's been given to me. And this is, what gives, this is what gives us the adventure aspect of what it is to be a believer. It's not supposed to be a boring thing to where you just do church on Sunday and Sunday morning and Wednesday night and, and conferences and scheduled revivals. I don't even understand that concept. But anyway, you know, just all, all these services and, 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 all, and all this stuff and all this church, church ease type stuff. It was not designed to be that way. There's a grace. There's a depth of grace. There's a well of grace that has been extended and given over to you that's got to be unlocked and got to be discovered. And the next piece of this is that, is that some of us, whenever, so we catch that revelation and we're excited about it, but then we will, we will gridlock ourselves into this one area and one space as if that is all that God can do with us. So let's tackle that and look at that next. Y'all all right? So this is our, grace, grace is designed to be empowerment. My, my last piece here before we go to uh, 1 Corinthians 12, you can... You can turn there, though, if you want to go ahead and go. It's more than just being excused from wrongdoing and getting what I could not work for. It's an invitation into a journey into the spirit of God to discover what has been invested inside of us by God and to be used to strengthen those who are around us. And as we do this, this will testify and give witness of who Jesus is. Me, me engaging in this journey is not about me being looked at as a better person. This is about testifying to the one who gave who gave this grace to me. And in Revelation, I should have put it up there, but I didn't. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, the angel spoke to uh, the apostle John and said that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When something happens in my life and it testifies of Jesus, it speaks of his goodness, it speaks of Jesus the spirit, the very essence of prophecy shows up and gives space for something to be said of the goodness of God that's evident in this moment. Something can be then declared prophetically to be able to take place in somebody's life. Do you see what I'm saying? We have to have this. If we are going to live and, and, and make an impact and be a life-giving body of believers, we have to have the prophetic activity. We, we have to have that moving with us, and we have to know the navigator, but the first piece of it, we have to be confident that God has called us to do it and that we can do it, that we can do it. First Corinthians 12. All right, let's keep rocking. Let's keep rocking. Making, making good space. Good time. Good time. First Corinthians 12, looking at uh, verses 4 through 11. 4 through 11. So it, it is the same Holy Spirit who continues to distribute uh, many different varieties of gifts. The Lord Yahweh is one. And he is the one who appoints to believers different varieties of ministries. The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he, Holy Spirit, energizes and acti activates them. Verse 7, each believer is given continuous revelation. Y'all see all this about each believer, every believer? We see that? So, so we, we done got rid of the notion that this is just a preacher thing. When I got rid of the notion that this is just a microphone holder thing. 
When it got rid of the notion that, that this is just uh, those that, that, talk, that talk to us kind of thing. This is a believer thing. This is a disciple thing. When the disciples were in the upper room, when the 120 were in the upper room, when they were all from every occupation and every space that they came from, when they were there, all of them got hit with the power. All of them. And so each and every believer, this is a clarion call to us as a body that the same God is distributing things to us. Verse 7, each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. Verse 8, for example, the Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom, to another the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge. Verse 9, and to another the same uh, Spirit gives the gift of faith, to another the same Spirit gives the gifts of healing, and to another, verse 10, the power to work miracles, and to another the gift of prophecy, and to another the gift to discern what the Spirit is speaking, to another the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues, and to another the gift of interpretation of tongues and I believe I have one more verse remember it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes activates and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer as he chooses for each believer so people will, will read will read this though and see that this is going back to, to the challenge that I brought of if I okay I accept the revelation that there's gifts there's things that 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 are there but then I will I will go through this list and this is this is what that I did at one point but I believe Holy Spirit is challenging me in this I will go to that list see one that I like or one that sounds cool and say well that's mine like my kids and superpowers and stuff that they do when, when they plan with each other. I'm this character, you this character. This character only does these things. My character does these things. So don't, don't step outside your character. It, that, that has made many a fights at, at the house. Somebody stepped outside of character. Somebody did something. Spider-Man doesn't do that. Uh, 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 I can't remember the, the girl's name. Spidey and his amazing friends. I can't remember the girl's name. But um, she doesn't do that. And basically it is you stay within these confines. And I believe that, that we, when we do something like that, we downplay the depth of the grace that may be alive within us. When we say, I'm going to hit it on the head with this whole prophecy thing. I don't like to talk to people. My personality just don't go like that. I've never heard God like that before. I'm nervous to get it wrong. I'm nervous that I might say something and then that, that actually wasn't true. Downplaying myself. Because just because I might not feel that something is on point or feel that God is, is calling and ushering me into this does not mean that the call is not there. How many times in your life has God spoken something to you that made you uncomfortable? You know what one of them is for me? What I'm doing right now. I wasn't comfortable with this when I first got the call. It wasn't comforting to me for me to grab as a pillow and go to sleep with. No. It was a challenge of digging into the depth of the grace that had been extended to me. If you're waiting for every word that come from the Lord to be for your emotions to agree with it, you, you ain't serving the God of the Bible. You don't believe it? Let me, let me give you one. The angel comes to Mary and tells her, Hail Mary, you are what? Highly favored of the Lord. For the seed that is about to be in you so the holy thing is going to come forth as the son of God. And as we dig into that story, what does the text say? The text say that she was troubled by the saying. She did not go to two-stepping and shouting. She was troubled by the saying that we all know came from God. So could it be that God would push you and I into a space to where we're not comfortable. But if I would just allow the metronome 
If I would stay within the rhythm, if I would stay within the measure, although I might feel like I'm being pressed a little outside of it, if I would trust the voice that's saying to me, this is in you, what could come to the surface? What could come to the surface? And so we, we, can't, we cannot downplay ourselves as, as we are going on this journey. And, and I heard the Lord say this to me as I was getting this together. The Lord says that he's coming for the I can't, I don't, not my personality, and the condemning factor that we have placed on ourselves. We've all done that to some degree. The essence of his grace is not what we cannot do and should not do, but rather the yes that we have been invited into. The stamp of grace is not no, it's yes. It's not, grace didn't unlock me to what I can't, it unlocked me to what I can. The grace of God has been extended that you might see your possibility. And what is to be unlocked out of you. Because this is the only way that the kingdom is going to be expanded. It's not going to be expanded by y'all inviting all family and friends and whatnot in here. It's not going to happen that way. First of all, we got a capacity. And Elder Johnny might help the fire marshal not be called on us, but it is quite possible that it could be called on us if we got too many people in here. Let's just think logically about that. It's going to come as the people of God are unlocked and begin to discover the grace. The grace that's within them. The grace that's within them. 1 Corinthians 13. Got a, got a few more scriptures. We still rocking good? Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, looking at uh, verses 1 through 3 and then 8 through 10. We, now, we know that this is this is a love chapter, right? So we were just in 1 Corinthians 12. We're looking at the gifts. We're looking at, now we're looking at 1 Corinthians 13. Man, I, I missed quite a few verses. I should have put the last verse of uh, chapter 12 because the last verse of chapter 12 tells us that uh, basically, all right, so, so you got all, you got these gifts. These are all the gifts that Holy Spirit will, will distribute as he sees fit can, can drop it, I believe, on any believer at any time whenever, whenever they're open and, and available. So it's not just that you got this superpower and that's the only one that you have. As you make yourself available, there are things that Holy Spirit can unlock because you are available. But he says in the last verse of chapter 12 that now I'm about to introduce you to the greatest of gifts. Because Holy Spirit using you in all those fashions, that's really good and that's really cool. However, there's something that is greater and that's stronger that we got to talk about with this. Now, hence 1 Corinthians 13. If I were to speak with eloquence of earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love. My words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy, here we go, with profound understanding of God's hidden secrets. And if I possess unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but I have never learned to love. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. So if I got all of 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 working for me, and, and there's just gifts left and right. There's gifts left and right, but I have not secured my foundation correctly within the love of God to where it has impacted me to where not it's just something that I have received, but it's something that I can give. Not just something that I can eloquently talk about and produce a sermon of, but then I don't love nobody. Can talk about it, but nobody can stand to be around me. There's, there's, some, there's something that's missing. And so Paul is, is, is letting us know in just this beautifully genius-like way that he, laid, that he laid out this letter that, yes, you are gifted, and yes, there is a grace that you need to discover, but you've got to first and foremost make sure that your feet are planted in his love. In his love, because if you don't, then I'm nothing. Verse 3, and if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, Without the pure motive of love, I'd gain nothing of value. I'd gain nothing of value. Let's look at these uh, next set of scriptures, verse, uh, verse 8 through 10. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy. Mm. Wow. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. 
It's more enduring than tongues, but you'll one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge have been forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. They're partial, but they're still needed. So it's something that's needed, but I got to make sure that in, in the full context, I understand that the gift is not the end. It's means. God pulling this grace out of you and discovering you discovering this grace that's locked within you. It's not the end. It's the means to an end. Present knowledge in our prophecies are partial. But when love's perfection arrives, all the partial fades away. All the partial fades away. So let, let, let me let me draw a little bit of a little bit of a picture here. This is something I got while, while I was studying. Okay, so if with the tree analogy, keeping the tree analogy going. As I am rooted and grounded in love, when when the 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 tree of my gifting, if you will, begins to break break off branches, okay, it produces something that comes out of my life. Holy Spirit uses me within within a, a, a way that that is uh, amazing. To me, may be something that that's never happened with me before. And because, as long as I stay rooted and grounded within the within the right context, it produces something of eternal value with within somebody's life. That's where we're going next with First Corinthians fourteen. Just talk about us, strong city, with with this with this prophecy thing. When that begins to flow out of us, and we stay rooted and in, in, within the confines of of the love of God, when I do that, it's going to produce exactly what it needs to, and God will receive the glory as He should, and things will move and, and happen within our life but here's the thing when a when a gift is given uh romans 11 i believe it is romans 11 and verse 29 says that gifts and callings of god are without repentance meaning that when god gives something he doesn't change his mind about it so somebody we all know this all you gotta do is look on social media and look on the news there are people all over the world who have a god-given gift but they are not rooted and grounded in his love so because they're not rooted and grounded in his love and being grounded in something else, the gift can actually still produce. The gift actually still produces. It produces and there's something that's coming forward, but because they have been rooted and grounded in something else, they don't get to have the, watch this, eternal value. They don't get to have something that remains well, Pastor Jay, they still making money and they still buying big houses and all that. Yes, that's true. They still have all of these things on this side. But whenever they cross over into eternity and they stand before the Lord, there will be nothing there for them to offer. Because remember, Pastor A.B., he walk us through this all the time. That, that there's coming a fire that's going to try man's words to see of what sort he's, he has built with. If he if he's built with things that 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 last the sil the silver the gold so that when the fire comes it's something that remains but if he built with that wood that hay and that stubble if he built with those things the fire is going to con is going to consume it so I got to make sure that as I'm on this journey in discovering the grace that's within me I've got to have myself rooted and grounded within that love so that it's so that there is a true value that comes out of what it is that I am doing. There's a true value that comes out of it because when I'm rooted and grounded in love, I get I get a win win. There's a production that happens here. And then when I cross over into eternity, it won't be burned up. It won't be burned up. This is how also too Matthew seven. The Lord said that there are people that are going to come to him and say, did we not prophesy? In your name? Did, did, did we not give to the poor, do this and do that in your name? And he going to tell them what? Depart from me. You weren't rooted in the right thing. You, you, weren't, you weren't rooted in the right thing. I never knew you. I never knew you. So with, with me being rooted, though, it's not just about being rooted in love. It is about something actually being extended out of me. Once again, not just being a good person and loving everybody. It's time for you to discover that grace. And as you do so, making sure I don't think more highly of myself than I ought to. 
staying rooted in love so that I'm not that clanging symbol that's just making a bunch of noise. And there's something of actual kingdom quality that's coming forth from my life. Gift usage is not the end, but the means to an end. The end is the love of God being displayed that someone would know that they're loved, that someone would know that their life matters, that it matters. My final scriptures, 1 Corinthians um, 14, and this is when it's kind of digging into prophecies specifically. Love this one, though. Pursue love, desires spiritual gifts, not a spiritual gift, gifts. This is my argument to where our Holy Spirit can allow anything with, within his repertoire as he chooses to come upon a believer as they make themselves available. Desire spiritual gifts. Told by the Apostle Paul, it is okay to desire the gifts to be utilized and flow in your life. But what do I have to do first? Pursue love. Make sure that the foundation has been set right. Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may what? <laughs> Tell them, Paul. Especially that you may prophesy. Here's why. Let's dig in. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says, including that person. Because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He's speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people to build them up and to bring comfort. There is the baseline for us as to what prophecy is. There it is. When someone prophesies, here's the three areas. Encouraging people. Encouraging people. Building them up. Edifying them. Bringing them Comfort. And what does all of that? The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. And this is, this is why we're on this journey. And this is what God is bringing us into. That we would be the mouthpieces ready to distribute his word that's going to build people up. His word that's going to bring them comfort. His word that's going to encourage them. That's why it's needed. Verse 4, the one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress, while the one who prophesies builds up the church. Builds up the church. Verse 5, I would be delighted if you all uh, spoke in tongues, but I desire even more that you impart prophetic revelation to others. Greater gain comes through the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless there is interpretation so that it builds up the entire church. My, my last set of scriptures, verses 21 through 25. Uh, for it stands written in the law, I will bring my message, excuse me, I will bring my message to this people with strange tongues and foreign lips. Yet even then, they still will not listen to me, says the Lord. Now, this right here in, in this context, this is, the, this is the gift of speaking in tongues when it comes to someone speaking a known language that they did not learn. Okay? So th this is, you didn't know Spanish. The Lord open, opens your tongue. You begin to speak uh, his message uh, to someone that speaks Spanish, and you don't know Spanish. So it would be it would be something like that. So that's what he's talking about, that there's strange tongues that are known by other people, but they wouldn't be known by Israel. And that even yet, then they still will not listen to me, says the Lord. Twenty two. So then tongues are not a sign for believers, but a miracle for unbelievers. Prophecy, on the other hand, is not for unbelievers, but a miracle sign for believers. Twenty three. Here we go. Right here. If the entire church comes together and everyone is speaking in tongues. Won't the visitors say that they've lost their minds? Somebody come in here, and all of us rolling on the tongue, they have the right to say, yeah, I, I might need to go home, type, type of thing. It, it's it's going to be that way because nobody, nobody knows what's being said. But if everyone is prophesying, if everyone, I said if everyone is prophesying, Love it when the text proves my point. Thank you, text. 
If everyone is prophesying and an unbeliever or one without the gift enters your meeting, he will be convicted by all that he hears and will be called to account. Uh, New King James said that the secrets of his heart will become revealed. Why? Because God will give over by way of Holy Spirit as a message, gives it to a messenger to deliver the message because he cares about the one whom the message is about. This is when we hear within our spirit, hey, tell them. And when we do that, conviction comes in. Godly sorrow is able to come in. The kindness of God is able to come in, which leads somebody to repentance. That salvation will be able to be extended to them. So convicted uh, by all that he hears and will be called into account. For the intimate secrets of his heart. There it is. For the intimate secrets of his heart will be brought to light. He will be mystified and fall face down in worship and say, God is truly among you. God is truly among you. If everyone is prophesying. If everyone is hearing what thus says the Lord. Now we saw 14 verse 3. Not about telling somebody what's going to happen to them Thursday. As you, as you navigate in the waters... There will be things that come. There will be things that come, and, and for some of us, that that will become more pronounced. To be able to hear those things, it will become more pronounced to hear. Watch this: hear on things that you need to deliver, and hear on things that you don't. Some things will be given over to you that you need to take and become the intercessor over, not broadcast it. But then there are other things that you need to have the confidence that when God says this one needs to be delivered, then I don't let my tripping up over my personality quirks, tripping up over the insecurities that I have about myself, get in the way. Fear and perfection are two major deterrents for what it is to navigate in the prophetic. Fear perfection I'm scared I'm gonna get it wrong I want to wait till the time is right I want to wait till I'm completely sure there's a grace in you there's a grace in you there's a measure that you've been given and I believe that that measure is inclusive because he's he's speaking with language like if everyone prophesies Edifying, building up of the church. He who prophesies builds up the entire church. Being the bricklayer for everyone and not just himself. I believe that's the kind of people that we are. And this is the journey that we're about to embark on. Can we put our hands together and celebrate the word of the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can stand to your feet. Get ready to be dismissed. Lift your hands, please. Let me bless you. Father, we thank you for this word. Oh, I feel empowered, feel empowered, feel encouraged that you would see me in such a fashion. And now it's time for us to see ourselves in that same degree. Not thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought, but not downplaying the grace that has been extended to us. And so I thank you, Lord, for leading us this week in the journey of finding the grace. We have obtained mercy, but we're going to find that grace. May you bless your people, keep them, cause your face to shine upon them, establish them, give them that grace, help them discover the greatness that has been placed inside of them. In Jesus' name, you are dismissed. Love your family. We'll see you next week. God bless you.